I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are going to go to the Holland Capitas fan hotline to talk to our good friend, from DK Pittsburgh Sports, and that would be Chris Carter. Um, and Chris, it's uh, getting down to the nitty gritty when it comes to uh, the draft. I think it's a couple of weeks away. I'm assuming that you have at least once, or will at least once, do some semblance of a, a mock draft. Correct? Yeah. What? What? Uh, Me. <laughs> I've already done two for DK and two for the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm all over the place with Mock Draft, man. And got another one coming this week. We got Dale Lolly doing another one this Saturday. Oh, man. Oh, man. We, we're doing Mock Drafts all the time. Just the, the, the whole thing with the Mock Drafts thing, Paul, I know people are like, why are there so many? But it's because we legit don't know how things are going to play out on draft night. Things can get extremely crazy. So the whole point of you, you, you checking out what the experts think and what us, the, us, the people that, you know, we're paid to study this, the ins and outs of how the, the NFL draft works. We're examining all the different possibilities that we think the team that we study is going to go. And sometimes, in some cases, how all the teams we study are going to go. Uh, but I've done a lot of mock drafts on the Steelers, and some of that I haven't published, some that I just do just for practice sake and see, okay, what's this simulator saying? What's that simulator saying? Um, but, yeah, I, I've looked at a ton of how of a different different scenarios that could befall the Steelers. Do you think that, it's, uh, that um, you know, most that I've seen have them taking a running back if one of the two are available? Do you think that is uh, is happening? I, I think that's, that's definitely in the cards. Um, if they get to 24 and Najee, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne are both available, uh, one, I think the pick would be Najee Harris. Two, the only way I see them passing on them is if they said, if A, some other ridiculously talented prospect in another position fell to them, like Caleb Farley, the Virginia Tech cornerback. And, you know, he's a guy that a lot of experts have rated as the best cornerback in this draft. But people are saying because he had back surgery and he took the year off, and, you know, and now that they're questioning, oh, can he be really good? We don't know how he can, how I'll fall here fall. So, you know, if a guy like him falls to them, they might reconsider. Uh, but I really think they're going to take a running back. Now, the other aspect here that could happen here, Paul, is if they say, you know what? No running back's been taken at 24. We're going to trade back. We're going to go to the bottom end of the first round, or maybe even the early part of the second round, get us another second round or third round pick, and then we'll get our running back there. And that might be the smarter move here because, Paul, there's a lot of talent in the second and third rounds of this draft. And if they could get a, a 
another pick in that area, they could get they could come away with this draft with maybe four guys that they're that are contributing right away in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big thing. If they if they do some things like that, where they could move back um, and give themselves, you know, a chance to have a couple of you know other picks in the in the top three rounds, um, getting four good players that you could plug right in, that would be a, a win, wouldn't it? Even if you don't get that, you know, that, that that home run running back. Yeah, I think it really could be. And here, here's the thing, I, I think not Najee Harris. He he won't make it out the first round like he he'll be picked by the time the first round ends i i truly believe now the question will be what's up with travis atn and then javante williams because a lot of people are talking about atn and harris but javante williams he's the next guy on this list that could be a true baller at the running back position and sure there's prospects in the later rounds like trey sermon and you know chuba hubbard and other guys that maybe could be those guys but to me, these are the three guys that are home runs that you, you got. And I do think the Steelers got to come in with one of them. But I think that you could pick as late as the 10th pick of the second round and you'd still have a shot at all three, three of them. You most likely would have a shot at them probably until the 20th pick of the second round or so. But the thing is, is you don't want to gamble on that and miss because if they miss on one of these guys – they're going to end up taking a, a running back who's a lot more questionable and if they'll be a true NFL fit right away. And the thing is, Paul, they've done that for four years in a row. They took James Conner in the, in the, in the back end of the third round with a comp pick in 2017. Uh, they got Jalen Samuels in the fifth round in 2018. They got Benny Snell in the fourth round of 2019. And they got Anthony McFarlane in the fourth round of 2020. They've tried getting the middle round running backs or the later round running backs and not investing heavy into the position. They just haven't hit on it. And hey, that happens to everybody in the NFL. You know, it's, uh, you know, Dale Lolly points out, he said that 80% of the, of the guys who've been rushing for over a thousand yards are first or second round guys you know, in the NFL at running back. You know, occasionally people look like, oh, you didn't draft James Robinson, and he was a really good running back this year. It's like, okay, yeah, but is one, is he going to be a, you know, a long-standing running back that, that, that does this for several years? And two, how many other guys are like that? So the Steelers, they've taken their, their flyers at running back. This needs to be a, a, a surefire running back pick this year, but I do think that if they trade back, from 24, and here's the other thing that's in play here, Paul, is if there's, you know, whether or not there's a run at quarterback, like if all five of the quarterbacks that we think are, that people are saying are first-round guys get taken before the Steelers pick, then there's going to be some super defensive talent that fall down to 24. And that might make other teams really jumpy to go get the Steelers pick, and they might be able to get some really good value for trading back and still get their running back later in the first round or, or very early in the second round while also getting that extra pick to get – some edge rush depth, some linebacker depth, some some cornerback depth. So, you know, maybe that center that everyone wants to get or an offensive tackle. All those things can be had anywhere between the second and I'd say the middle of the third round. Um, if you, you know, look at, you know, the fact that they've tried to uh, make some changes on the offensive line and they also, uh, you know, have Matt Canada now who presumably will bring some different run schemes you know, do you think that the run game could be upgraded even if they don't land one of those big name back, you know, running backs? It could, Paul, but I think that they're tired of gambling on it not upgrading. You know, like, and, you know, if you, if you take one of those guys, and, and I was pointing this out, it's funny, Dale Wally and I recorded an NFL draft podcast that will actually air 
to, um, tomorrow at 7 a.m. on the DK Sports Radio Network. So go go subscribe to that on the on you know on your any of your podcast platforms. Um, but Dale Law is talking about just this, and we're looking at if you look back at the numbers. You know, I was comparing numbers of simply when B.J. Finney started for the Steelers between 2016 and 2019. And over those years, when the Steelers had Le'Veon Bell, they averaged, when, and B.J. Finney was the start, starter on the offensive line, the Steelers averaged 172 yards on the ground. When, it was, when B.J. Finney was starting and Le'Veon Bell wasn't playing, they averaged 96 yards on the ground. That is a world of difference. And I'm sure if you can, and that was those, those are just numbers I pulled today for an article I wrote about BJ Finney and you know whether or not he could impact the Steelers' strategies with 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 drafting centers. But that's just to show when you have a dynamic running back, and you know that's what it can bring you. It can bring serious balance to the offense, and it can bring confidence to Ben Roethlisberger to say, "Hey, you know what? It's third and one. I don't need to check it down to Juju here. I'm going to hand it off to this big guy behind me, and he's going to go get make this play work." And that's why I really think that there's a, there's a real value there. And you, you just, you've tried it. You've gambled with it for the past four years. Just go get your guy at the top and, and make sure that you have him going into training camp and uh, that you're ready to rock next year. I think that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, what I'm going to be looking at after the draft is have they legitimately upgraded their run game? And, and that will be, you know, um, really an important question, I think, because that's, one of the big things that they're trying to do. Um, you look at, uh, you know, uh, wh- where they are with their secondary. Uh, I mean, could they go corner first? Now, I mean, they do have two corners in Sutton and, and, uh, and Hayden. But if the right guy drops to them, could they go there? Absolutely. And, again, this is where the Caleb Farley situation comes into play. If Caleb Farley, Farley runs fall to 24, which I do not think will happen, but if by some miracle he does, I think you've got to take a player like that because I think he has the potential to be a superstar corner in the NFL, as does J.C. Horn, as does Patrick Sertan. Now, Paul, I think all three of those guys are going before we even t- we get to the 20th pick of the NFL draft this year. Um, so you can take that out. Now, the other guys that are cornerback, they're more the guys that I'd get in the second round. And the other thing here is, is to remember, Cam Sutton rebound with the Steelers to play outside cornerback. So – Really what you're probably looking at here for the Steelers is trying to draft your new slot cornerback to fill in where Mike Hilton played. And there are some guys in the middle rounds who project to be very good at that. And one guy that, that I think the particular could be a good fit in maybe the third or fourth round is Sean Wade. And he was a safety for Ohio State. He's a physical safety. But when he lined up in the slot, he looked more comfortable there. And he played a little bit like Mike Hilton because he was aggressive against the run. He could, he could get, get to work in the box. And he had the size to help you in coverage. Um, which you know Mike Hilton di- didn't have, so I-, I wouldn't you know I would if it's one of those three superstars corners that I think are in this draft, absolutely you take him at twenty four and you deal with what you got to deal with. Maybe you trade up in the fir- in the second round to go get your running back at there. But if it's not one of those guys, I will wait at cornerback um, because there's again there's other positions of value even other than running back. You know I think David Collins is a really good linebacker that they could use to add to their to their stock. I think Jameen Davis. Uh, you know, uh, another really good linebacker that they could add to, add to their roster. Um, but, you know, in doing this, whatever you do in the first round, if it's not at running back, you've got to prepare for the possibility that you may have to trade up in the second round to make sure that one of those three backs are on your roster come, uh, you know, after, after all this is said and done. Yeah, there's no question. And uh, that's the way uh, it it, uh, it has to, to play out. Chris, 
Uh, before I let you go, let me switch gears to your other world. And, sure. um, you know, Justin Champagne, a lot of these mock drafts have not been very kind to him. Is that, you know, sort of, a, I don't know, it's not a signal, but is it looking more likely that he might actually stay in school another year? Well, I'll tell you a few things, Paul. I, you know, I, I've seen the mock drafts and him dropping down the boards a little bit. I think people are getting to look, look at a little bit more tape, and they're saying, okay, he did have a rough stretch at the end of the, at the, end of the season um, you know, when teams started to really focus in on him. Um, you know, maybe some people doing that. But I will, I will say this. I've also, I keep a close watch on, on what Justin Champagne posts. He's still working out with the team a lot. He's still hanging out with his guys. He posted you know, a picture on Instagram of him hanging out with Femi Udakali, and he was wearing like a, like a new fit. And the, it really looks like, like to me, like Justin Champagne – is, is thinking of, of staying in Pittsburgh. Um, and that's not to say that he couldn't get drafted, because I do think he, he still would get drafted if he, if he committed to being in the NBA draft. But I, I think that he, he recognizes that, like, hey, this isn't the year for me. Because, again, he said he was testing the NBA draft process, and ever since he says that, we've seen these, these guys go down. I think he's like, hey, this is the year where I can come back next year. And remember, Paul, at the beginning of this last season, you know, we in Pittsburgh knew who Justin Champagne was, but there was no all-ACC talk at, you know, before the start of the season. He was a surprise this year. Next year, he'll be right on everyone. So, oh, yeah, Justin Champagne, he'll be first. He'll be preseason first team, all-ACC. All everyone will be watching him for him every game. And, you know, the scouts that started, the, the NBA scouts who I saw coming to the games in the middle to late part of the season, they'll be there at the beginning of the season, too, next year. So, um, I, I think this only helps. And if Jeff Capel can pull off some, some recruiting magic, the, the, you know, Pitt, we're waiting for April 15th. That's the day that Efton Reed, one of the top centers in all the country for this year's recruiting class, he's going to announce on April 15th. If he declares for Pitt, um, and we saw on Rivals, they ranked Pitt as the, number, as the team that's in the lead to, to get him. That could change a lot of what Pitt's looking at next year. And Justin Champagne said, you know what, I'll come back and be part of that team because they might have a chance to rock. So, I absolutely, you know, I'm leaning towards Justin Champagne returning this year for the Pitt Panthers and having a really solid season where he ups his game. Because remember, Paul, last offseason, they didn't get to work as, as much as normal. They had to, they had to stay quarantined during the, during the pandemic this offseason. They'll be training. He'll be working on his three-point shot. He'll be working on his handles as he drives to the hoop. Those are all things that if he improves those things and shows that he's improved them during next season, then he'll, he'll be jumping up those NBA draft boards. Chris? Uh, great stuff, buddy. Thank you so much, as always, for joining. And uh, you can find Chris Carter's stuff at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much, Paul. You have a great weekend. All right. That's Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Always does a great job breaking it down. Covers a lot of different things. And so uh, we enjoy having him on. It's the Paul's Eye Show. It's 93.7 The Fan.